Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of Scott Schilling Speaks. I'm your host, Scott Schilling. I got a good buddy on with us today. Uh, man, 28-time bestseller. Started out three feet from gold. Excellent book if you don't have it. Latest uh, Wealth Made Easy and the creator of Secret Knot, Dr. Greg Reed. Greg, thanks for being here today. I like the creativity of the name of your show, Scott. That's very original. It, it ties it together good. Well, you know, somebody had to put it together. No, it, and the, here's the funniest part. It's not really about me speaking. It's I know. Me. That's what's so interesting because you're so much about other people and putting the spotlight on them, right? Yeah, that's really what the show is about is, uh, it, you know, it, it's funny that it came from somebody said, you know, you're always sharing so much about so many other people. When are you going to speak? Mm. So it came with Scott Schilling Speaks. And then, but the function of the show is really to lift up. I'm that third party endorser. I lift up my friends. You know, even yeah. if my friends are doing great, they can always go a little higher, right? Yeah, 100%. And that's what you're known for. It's so interesting. You and I have been connected for so many years. And it's a privilege and an honor to finally be uh, doing this face-to-face, eye-to-eye, Zooming all around the world and meeting some new friends. Yeah, so much fun. Well, where to go? You want to start with uh, the books and being an author, a, a multi-time best-selling author, and what got you to go down that path? Yeah, and for those of you who are new to me, don't feel bad. I'm not very popular at home either. <laughs> You're a cat. I've been published now in 120 some odd books, 45 different languages, even have a star on the Walk of Fame for writing books. And the funny thing is, I can't read very well and I can't spell and I can't write I'm dyslexic so if you play me words with friends you'll win every single time but Scott and I understood the power we learned early is that you work your strengths and you hire your weaknesses and you have to have the courage and the fortitude to know the difference between the two so as you'll see I'm pretty good at the gift of gab so I hire amazing ghostwriters and editors who will sit me down and say give us a message and the topic and then they craft it in a way people would want to read it in book form you know, I, I was um, honored to be uh, a little bit of help of launching Three Feet from Gold way back when. I just, I'll never forget that launch event uh, in Costa Mesa at the Grove. You know, my God, there were so many great people there and people that you put in the book. And what's the, you know, how many people do you think end up Three Feet from Gold and give up? Well, most people have a dream and then there's a challenge and then comes victory. Unfortunately, most people quit in the challenging times. And the only difference between the people that succeed and that we tell the stories about is they went that extra mile or the extra three feet, so to speak. Even in football, you know, championships are won on that one yard line. It's that three feet, it keeps coming back. And the whole idea is to never let another person or yourself talk you out of what you know to be true. Not you, what you hope, not what you wish, not what you, what you know in your heart of hearts. And I realized that's the thing that separates most people. Uh, when I was doing a book called Stickability after Three Feet from Gold, the first person I interviewed was a gentleman uh, who invented the cellular phone, Marty Cooper. And he said that stickability has to be parallel with flexibility. He says, if you're not willing to adapt and adjust, you get stuck and give up. And he told this story about a spider monkey, which I know you've told a million times. Uh, you know, in the rainforest, you can't harpoon it, spirit, catch it, it's too wiry. But one hunter figured it out. He took a heavy log, drilled a hole, put a peanut inside, left at the base of the jungle. The monkey would smell the nut. Come down, reach his hand in, grab a hold of the nut, and his fist becomes so big, he can't pull it back out, become anchored to the log. All he's got to do is let go, but he holds on, thinking it's safe. The hunter comes by an hour later, 
captures the elusive spider monkey. And the moral is, are you holding on to your own nut in life? And it could be in the form of that job or the car or a deal or fear or guilt or relationship. And what we're holding on with dear life thinking it's saving us, just like the monkey thought the nut was, could also be the thing that's leading to our own demise. Sometimes we have to have the courage to simply let go, adapt, and adjust so we can live to fight another day. What a fabulous story and absolutely true. How many people, especially with this pandemic, uh, you know, and going through and, and who knows, uh, you know, some people say it's over. Some people say it's just starting. Uh, some people say it's restarting. Who, I don't know that anybody knows exactly where it is these days, but how many people had the opportunity to let go of the peanut with the pandemic, but then didn't correlate it properly, you know, with the potential for new opportunities? Wouldn't yeah. that be a great opportunity to kind of reset? Yeah, well, I did. And most of my friends did. And it was interesting because a quarterback in football never throws the football where a wide receiver standing. They throw it downfield and let him run to it because they know that eventually they'll, they'll come to connect. And for myself, all I kept doing through the pandemic is throwing football fields down. Figuring all I need is one Hail Mary and I'm going to have a great success story. And thank goodness I did, because some of those are coming to fruition today, and we're going to have more success in the future than I could ever imagine. And it's, again, most people just were in a state of fear. And it wasn't the fear of, you know, what we would think. It was just the fear of the unknown, because no one knew. And just like we're saying, well, it could be this. Could... No one knows. And Napoleon Hill, when he did Think and Grow Rich, the biggest chapter was called The Six Ghosts of Fear. And he talked about the fear of old age and the fear of loss of love and the fear of poverty. And I, I disagree to those. And since I get to rewrite the Napoleon Hill Foundation's Think and Grow Rich series, I said the three biggest fears are the fear of the unknown, the fear of pain, that's why all the drug commercials, but the biggest one is the fear of judgment, the fear of criticism, what yeah. other people are thinking. And the funny thing is no one's thinking about us, right, Scott? <laughs> They're dealing with their own life situation. And there's a bumper sticker that says, what would you do if you couldn't fail? The big question is, what would you do the moment you stop worrying what people thought? I totally agree. I mean, the, I, I choose not to use the most overword, uh, overused word of 2020. I saw that comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I choose reinvent, you know, because isn't that really what it is, a, an opportunity to reinvent? I know I was out on a training uh, task and, uh, you know, we finished up that event, got back, flew home and it was like, poof, everything locked down and all the contracts were canceled, all the stuff was done. It's like, what just happened, right? So if you didn't reinvent, it's one of the things I, I love doing my show five days a week. And then we're on, I get to talk to great people like you, great friends and catch up and do things. But the other thing it does is it allows you to reinvent and open up new opportunities that you weren't looking for in the past. They weren't available to you because you just didn't have the conversations. Yeah, and then you're like the, the king of reinvention. Yeah, but you just said a great word, which is great. You're looking for it. It's like an old roomy quote. Whatever you seek is also seeking you. Uh, when we are interviewing Truett Cathy for Three Feet from Gold, he said, look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunities. He said he didn't plan for Chick-fil-A. It just happened, but he looked for opportunity. And I said, like, what? He says, well, if I'm on the sofa and I want to get to the end of the street, I have to have stickability that that's my goal and I'm going to get there no matter what. But I'm not so caught up in how it's going to happen. 
The planner is going to plan every step where they're going to pause, take a break. A sprinkler comes on, it goes against their plan, it freaks them out, they run back home. He goes, not me. He goes, I'm looking for opportunity. Did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out that I could borrow to make my journey short? If I get lucky, I'll wave down a neighbor driving by. I'll hitch a ride to the end of the street. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal, my destination. I'm just not so caught up in exactly how that has to transpire. Uh, totally agree. I mean, what a, what a great thing. You know, we, we launched uh, Be Connected in the, just at the beginning of the pandemic and found so many great ways to help people be able to connect with each other and, and do the things. And um, now we've got the broadcast network. So we have the opportunity to do shows. It's, it's fascinating to me. I'm doing five days a week. Some people are going, a show? Why would I do that? I've never thought of doing that. Because you can meet people. You know, you can touch lives. <clears throat> Sorry, I just... I get it. And we can use it, again, as another vehicle to open up the doors of opportunity, new connections, new alliances, because at the end of the day, that's what's important. It's not the monetary success as much as the human capitals, which we're learning. Look, even through the situations that we were, I, I'm not focusing on the pandemic, to be honest with you. I, I'm focusing on what's coming next. Again, the, the quarterback downfield. And so I'm saying, what can we do in a positive way of, of the future? And I got to sit down with a, a gentleman uh, named Walter O'Brien, the smartest man on earth, a TV show called Scorpion was on his life for four years on ABC. And he says, look, the future, what do you see coming? I go, well, I guess self-driving cars is going to be the next thing in the next five years. I'm sure that's going to be a big thing. And he says, well, what can you do to see the future of that? And, you know, you go, well, they're going to get rid of gas stations. They'll get rid of car washes eventually and car dealers. So what, what would be next? And I thought to myself, well, you know what? You're not allowed to take your garage right now in California and retrofit it to make it a living room or something like that, right? It's the most empty space. I go, but if I don't have a car in the future and someone's just picking me up in this remote thing, maybe they'll change it. So I bought every domain name, like garageretrofit.com, how to convert your garage into an office.com, how to plumb your, right? Anything you can think of. So I own it and I'm gonna now start seasoning those domain names. So in five years from now, when the you know, self-driving cars come up and people start Googling that, I will be the only thing that pops up and then I can sell those leads to contractors or whatever. But that's how our brains got to start thinking what's coming next, because if you don't plan for the future, you hope it never gets there. Yeah, to, again, totally agree that the that's the fun of of doing this. I, I told the story the other day, uh, last Tuesday, my guest, uh, I asked the question, so what's your greatest challenge in business? And he shared it with us. And Thursday, I asked, so what's your greatest opportunity in your business? Well, we solved this challenge. And it was the same thing, right? So Tuesday, I opened up the what the challenge was. Thursday, I opened up the solution. I put the two guys together. And it looks like it's going to be a, a, an absolutely wonderful deal that would have never happened if you don't ask the questions. I love it. And then the next step of that one is being part of that solution. So at Secret Knock, this is one of the things that we insist on. So I remember I was working on Wealth Made Easy and I was interviewing all these billionaire guys. And I said, what's the difference between you and the regular people? And he says, we just have a different mindset and mentality, a wealth mindset. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you'll see someone who wants to sell an airplane. You got someone who wants to buy a plane. You're such a nice guy. You put them together. I go, yeah. And he goes, you're an idiot. And I said, what? And he goes, here's what we do. We say, hey, I don't know anyone that wants to buy a plane, but if I find you a buyer, do I get 20% commission. Heck yeah, I want to sell this plane. 
hey, I don't know anyone that wants to sell a plane, but if I find you one, do I get a free airline tickets to Hawaii once a year? Heck yeah, I've always wanted a plane. You two should meet. Exact same outcome, exact same situation, yet you're actually rewarded for the connections in which you put that mind power to, to put together. And uh, someone came to our event and he said, hey, I want to start a pharmaceutical company. And I said, well, I happen to know the head guy at Pfizer who created all these drugs and stuff. If I put you together, will you give me some shares of your futuristic company? Well, they did. It went public and I got millions of shares. And the whole idea is by doing some of these relationships, the human capital could lead to more success and happiness and prosperity than all your work combined. Well, you said a very key term there, human capital really the opportunity to be of service by knowing about the other person and truly knowing them. I mean, I, I, yeah. and listening, you said it best, actually, I'm on your side. Here's what you said. You said, I asked a question. I heard it. The next question, I heard it. Then I put it together. Most people don't have their minds and their ears open to even be attuned to that. And if we believe in the quote, whatever you seek is seeking you and they're seeking one another and you're the conduit, Look, you're helping that both those parties, and you should be part of that uh, process along the quest. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I was blessed to be at the first secret knock. There were all of 52 of us, knee to knee. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Where did secret knock come from, and, and where has it gone? Well, it started, you know, originally in my living room with 12 people. And the first real one was the one you were at, at the, I think it was the Bristol Hotel downtown or something like that. And it was really interesting as people kept saying, I want to meet your friends. When I did Three Feet from Gold, Thinking Grow Rich series in the Point Hill Foundation, I invited hundreds of people to go with me to meet all these people and no one showed up. Everyone had a bad case of the one size. That means I'll take action once I get the big break, once I get the opportunity. No one showed and then once it became a giant global phenomenon, everyone said, hey, how do I meet your friends? And so I started an event with my living room and I said, you know, come meet all these people. And they said, do I need a ticket? I said, no, just bump and a bump, bump, do the knock. It was a joke. And it, people left and started telling people and we said, heck, we should make this a real thing. And we started the first one 15 years ago, as you know, and you're a part of it. And now we've grown to we're Forbes Magazine, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, Yahoo, you name it. We're the, like one of the top 10 events in the world for networking and collaboration. And our concept is instead of coaches and teachers and mentors, we just bring in the actual person who's done what everyone's talking about. So if you want to start a new clothing line, there's Taco Bar. There's Brian Smith, founder of Ugg Boots, a billion-dollar brand. Got an idea for a board game? There's Rob Angel. He started Pictionary. I'm sure you heard of it. Imagine what it would be like to actually hang out with the people who've accomplished what everyone else is just chatting about. Yeah, I know. Uh, I met Brian many years ago now and, and have run into him at multiple events and multiple events of yours. Absolutely amazing to hear a story like creating Ugg Boots and then put that with the guy who is such a nice guy and willing to share and not only share his story, but listen to yours and give you a little, you know, critique slash, you know, some ideas. I mean, amazing how that happens, right? Yeah, he's just as warm and fuzzy as his boots. I mean, that's all right. It's interesting because that secret not coming up, he's coming back. He's going to honor us with a little guest cameo appearance. So I went and I bought all the remaining books of his book so he can do a book signing and just give them to uh, all the attendees. I just thought it'd be kind of a cool little thing to do. But like I said, 
it's it's amazing. We're fired up. So next one's going to be in September the 21st or the 23rd. We've been all locked down for a couple of years. People are like caged animals. They're ready to get out. So we're going to be bringing the best show we've ever uh, performed in our history. That's awesome. Are there still tickets available and or how can people get a hold of them? Yeah, but you you know how it is. You can't just go. You have to go. You, you go to secretknock.co. We left the M off so no one could find us. <laughs> people still did. So go secretknock.co. You fill out an application. And what we do is we ask, what is it you're looking for? How can we be of contribution? And what contribution do you bring our community? And if there's a good fit, one of our people will call you and then invite you in. And, and even then, you have to pay a pretty substantial uh, tuition. And we won't tell you where it is or who's going to be there. We're just going to tell you the city, state, the area, so you can book your flights. And then we drip that information as we get closer. And the reason we do that is so we can bring in special people. Last time we had President Vicente Fox. He didn't want secret service, so we kept it secret. We did private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia. We bring in Tonino Lamborghini from Italy. You know, we just bring in the people that are, are, are making some changes so you can uh, have that influence one-on-one. -on -one. Totally. Uh amazing events for sure definitely uh if you are listening to this and you've ever had an inkling to be at a at an over-the-top amazing event secret knock is one of those for sure so think back to i mean i was just thinking all of a sudden i coach intuitively so what just popped up is 2005 we're in costa mesa we share the stage for the first time uh at an event and did you ever dream back in 2005 you'd, you'd be where you are here today? I, I must say yes, only because that's why I got into the space, you know, and when we get into the space, our whole concept is we say, if we can impact one person's life, we've done it. Well, that's a great story until you've done it day one. And then you go, all right, well, if I can impact a million people, and then you've done that and you go, all right, if I can only, right. And so then it becomes an addiction in a positive way of how can you make the most positive impact in your existence while you're around. And I realized, you know, I could do another hundred books and impact a couple millions of lives again, or like I did a major motion picture that you know, we we're up for an Oscar and we impacted the lives of tens of millions of people. So right now I'm working on two more TV shows and another couple of movies because that's, I believe, the next um, medium that's going to impact the, the future society. Yeah, we got to keep on putting out good messages and having good conversations for sure. I mean, I, I think it's really amazing and I congratulate you on all your success. You, you know, uh, I remember, I think, it might have been even your first book back then and and just uh you know how you were reaching out and and having a desire to serve it was just very cool to watch and and i'll show i'll show it to you so check this out when we when we i did my first book see if i got a copy of it it was called the millionaire mentor right and when you write a book you say you know it's a query letter who you are what's your message why an expert is going to read a book i was turned down by 200 and 68 publishers in a row. And the 269th one said, we'll do your book, just change the title, beginning, middle, and suck. <laughs> and so again, I got a ghostwriter who recrafted it and went on to be a success. And again, now stars, PhDs, all this different stuff in literature, yet I'm dyslexic, can't spell, can't read, write, and people don't believe me. Boom, here's all my rejection letters. I kept them all. These are all the people telling me every reason why I would never become an author. And again, I would not allow another person or myself to talk me out of what I knew to be true. Where, where do you get that drive from? 
the knowing again, I don't hope, I don't wish, I don't believe. When I wake up and say, I, I know I'm onto something, I, I, I'm not so determined on how it's going to happen. Look, when I was doing Secret Knock and Frank Shankwitz, founder of Make a Wish, was on stage. And I said, What was your wish? I'm just out of curiosity. And he says, No one asked me. So, well, I'll grant your wish. What do you want? And he says, Well, I want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something. So he signed over his life rights and I said, I'll make it into a movie. I just don't know how to make a movie. And he trusted me. And it took six years of more ups and downs and trials and tribulations. When it came out in 2019, we made the final list for the Oscars for that year. Uh, we didn't get the nomination, but we made the ballad, for, which is pretty darn cool. And we were on Netflix for a year and a half. And now we're trending worldwide on every streaming device. And it's really interesting while winning awards, while impacting lives. And it would have been easy to quit. And again, people watching this goes, oh, that's easy for you. Well, also, you've never heard of me before. And guess what? No one in Hollywood's ever heard of me either. <laughs> and so what happens, you got to start. So what I did is I got very creative and I ran an ad looking for a, a, a script writer on a secretive website that no one knows about it. It's called Craigslist. Don't tell anyone. And I took a $25 ad and a guy who answered it, Theo Davies, came on, wrote the screenplay, directed the movie, produced it with me, and we won awards all around the world being shown at Cannes Film Festival and up for an Oscar. You have no excuse. It's all BS. Everyone can do something, but you have to take action because it's the action in the law of attraction that makes our dreams a reality. Think it, feel it, get off your backside, take action and do. Well, and, and even to, uh, you know, having the honor to know Frank for many years and hear the story personally and, and then watch the movie being made. Um, he and I had done multiple events through that time frame. And it was so cool to see you celebrate him and in, in what he had done. It, because then what he had done, the ripple effect of, of that decision that day that took to the next, next decision and then all the way to the movie. What an amazing thing. Yeah. And you, and you got to see the whole thing. That's what's so cool is that you've been like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain scene, every single step, the trials, the tribulation, the ups, the downs. And again, people see the celebration and they see the awards and stuff, but they don't really see all the stuff that went behind it. And the difference between you and I is I don't mind that muck. You know what I mean? I just, that's just part of the process. I don't focus on that. It's the old, uh, you know, going into the barn with the pile of poop, right? We know there's a pony. And all I focus on is the upside. And by doing that and knowing I'm doing something well, and it's to serve mankind, I will not ever let another person get in my way. So have you always been that way? Or were there some mentors along the way that, that helped dial you into that? I've had great mentors that have kept me on track, but I've always been that way. So, you know, that, that's, I'm the weird thinking guy. I mean, when I was in my twenties, you know, I ran a multi-gadillion dollar corporation with, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many employees and people, I was the youngest guy. I, I always was that go-getting type of person. And even when I was 14 and I couldn't work, I, I wanted stuff. I wanted skateboards and bicycles. So I would take my dad's lawnmower and I go door to door and I'd, get the neighbors to pay me $10 and mow the lawn. And then I'd hire all the kids in the neighborhood for five bucks to mow the lawn for me, right? I, I was always an entrepreneur. And so that's been the mindset. And I'm training my son who's nine to have the same mindset as well. But I'll cover you one quick little thing and I got to wrap up pretty quick is recently we had a party at the house and a lot of people were coming over and I said, Colt, go up and make your bed, clean your room, get everything dialed in because we got guests coming over. 
And about 30 minutes later, one of his friends comes down, he has money in his hand and gives it to his dad and says, hey, dad, can you put that in my bank? He said, where'd you get that from? He says, oh, from Colt. I said, why did Colt give you money? He says, oh, he hired me to make his bed, clean his room, <laughs> do his thing. And I pulled him aside, I go, Colt, why did you do that? And he says, dad, work your strengths, hire your weaknesses. I had other stuff to do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. They do listen, don't they? they oh, boy, do they ever. And, and it's, it's interesting. And we celebrate and we learn. Uh, I'll give you my, my favorite dad tip so far, because I'm such a new guy at it, but I love, it's like a Petri dish. And by the way, he, when he was a kid at seven, he's nine now, when he was a kid, he had the number one album in all of Amazon. He had the number one spoken album of word. He has his own Spotify channel right now. And it's all with motivational tracks. Uh, the message is, is that I understood, you know, as a child, I do not give my kid allowance to mow the lawn or to do pull the weeds or to do dishes stuff he doesn't like and the reason is i'm not going to train him from the earliest of age the only way to make money is to do something they hate and so what i do is i find out what he excels at which is making these cool tiktok videos and things like that and he makes mine if you ever see my instagram there's a lot of this is the influence of it and so i reward him for the actions that he excels in but then he does these other things because it's a contribution to live the lifestyle that he gets to live. And when we change that paradigm, everything changed. So now when he comes up and says, hey, I, need, I would like to earn some money, it's what he excels at, not what he dislikes doing. I think that, uh, you know, absolutely great program there. I'm, it, that's a great piece of wisdom. I don't know that I have ever actually heard that shared before. And that is tremendously valuable for any parent to you know, encourage, especially again, we're in unprecedented times right now. And, and there are a lot of people wondering how to inspire their kids to, you know, take a, a better path, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I, we're constantly learning. And but what's nice with Cole is that we're, we talk everything out, you know, even, you know, years ago, again, when he was a kid, like he was six years old and his grandparents gave him money. So what do you want to do with this? And Crypto was just popping up. So let's buy some of those Bitcoin-y things. And we did. And now the kid's a baller. I mean, he's going to be set for life because he made some good decisions at an early age that he took advantage of what he saw coming next, right? Um, and, and I keep going down to the realities are, are we as smart as a six-year-old? <laughs> <Right? Sure. laughs> what can we do to start seeing things that are possible? Because we all saw it. How many people did not get into cryptocurrency, but we saw it in slow motion every single day, nonstop, yet we, not everyone took action on it. And then they're not going to now be able to have their opportunity to even get in because one coin's $50,000 and the average person doesn't have that kind of money to throw around as a speculative investment, right? But as a six-year-old kid, when you got a couple grand and you could buy one, it's a completely different story. Yeah, very, very cool. So uh, hard to believe we're, we're just about through our time. How about uh, a piece of wisdom to share with everybody before we take off? Well, I, I'll share one, one is I wish I would have learned this when I was younger, but from Wealth Made Easy, because you mentioned that book, is something called CPC. It's an acronym that stands for C Clues, P Patterns, C Choice. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. It's your fault. Stop blaming other people. And it works like this. I'm a single guy. I'm 58 years old. And I go out to have my first date with an amazing woman. She happens to be 20 minutes late. Now, anything could happen. Car problems, babysitter, whatever. But there's a little red flag. That's a clue. 
But if I dig her and I keep going out on a date and it's the eighth, ninth, 10th, 12th date, and every single time she's 20 minutes late, that forms a P, which is called a pattern. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, I yell at her, I break up, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit in your own little paradigm. But we'll see someone with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. We do business thinking it'll be different. When things go wrong, we're mad at the person. We saw the clue. We saw the, we made the choice. It'd be like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, rarely will we be angry at relationships that failed or negotiations that fell through. We're just mad that we stayed in too long because we saw the clues. We saw the patterns, but we made our choices late. And the most successful people on the planet, all they're doing is looking for the clues and patterns, and they make their choices on the spot. Uh, great piece of wisdom. Really appreciate it. Greg, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, you're a rock star, man. Really, really appreciate our friendship and uh, goes back a long ways. You've done some amazing things. Congratulations. Absolutely. We go together like shabba-da-bobba-ding. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you all for joining us here on Scott Schilling Speaks. We'll see you again tomorrow, exact same time. God bless. Late.